Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast, your go-to destination for all things gut health. I'm Carly Raven, a gut health naturopath, and today we're diving deep into an intriguing question. Uh, Many of you have asked uh, us and also asked uh, yourselves, I have SIBO, should I do the carnivore diet? And today joining me is my associate and fellow naturopath, Bernadette. So a big welcome to you. Hello, everyone. We're thrilled to explore this topic today and shed some light on whether the carnivore diet is a viable option for those with SIBO. But before we delve like right into uh, the specifics of the carnivore diet, let's kind of recap SIBO and the basic premise of a carnivore diet. So SIBO stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It is a digestive disorder characterized by an excessive accumulation of bacteria in the small intestine where it should be relatively low in terms of bacterial populations compared to the large intestine. If you want to know more about uh, what SIBO is, please go back and listen to many of my first episodes on this podcast as I dive really deep into the world of SIBO um, and exactly what it is in these episodes. Now, in terms of the carnivore diet, is a dietary approach that involves consuming only animal-based foods while completely eliminating plant-based foods. So followers of the carnivore diet um, typically consume various types of meat. So that would include things like beef, poultry, fish, and pork, along with uh, animal-derived products like eggs um, and dairy um, in some variations. And the diet emphasizes uh, avoiding all forms of carbohydrates. So that would include things like your fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, and even some uh, certain types of dairy products. There's quite a few different styles of diets for SIBO, and I've definitely been hearing about more and more people choosing this one. It's quite controversial as well, and um, there's a lot of opinions surrounding this one and um, also the keto diet. Mm, I totally agree. Um, Obviously, we see a lot of patients with um, SIBO, and um, and even I'm in like forums online and things like that and it's just it's coming up into my world a lot lately Um, so I'm really excited to be uh, exploring it today and we're going to break it down so Bern why do you think people with SIBO even try the carnivore diet like what draws them to it? Mm, I've also been hearing more and more about it and I um, actually have a family member who chooses a carnivore style diet so yeah definitely coming into our world a lot more and I'm hearing things from people who um, are proponents of the carnivore diet saying things like it helps with weight loss. And as a naturopath, I can actually see how that can be because of its low carb nature and um, potential appetite suppression from all those high protein and high fat foods. I also hear that um, people report reduced inflammation and increased mental clarity. 
And I really wonder if this is due to the fact that um, they might be removing processed sugars and carbohydrates mm. and um, removing some of the food sensitivities or allergies to plant compounds, uh, which is helping them find their relief from these symptoms. However, naturopathically, we do like to look um, at what's underlying these allergies and sensitivities. And Carly, I'm also hearing more about people with SIBO exploring the carnivore diet to help them with their symptoms and their treatment. Can you tell me why this is? And can you touch on any concerns that you have about the carnivore diet for SIBO? I sure can. It's almost like I've been dying to talk about this. <laughs> I've been bottling it up. <laughs> so how good is a podcast for letting out bottled up <laughs> you know, thoughts. Um, so individuals with SIBO often explore the carnivore, carnivore diet um, due to its appeal in eliminating plant-based foods that could potentially trigger or exacerbate their digestive symptoms. So by removing plant compounds, so this would be things like fiber, um, most people know FODMAPs, um, uh, they're actually seeking relief from discomfort and um, bloating. Additionally, the carnivore diet uh, has an extremely low carbohydrate approach, so it reduces the ability of the substrates uh, for bacterial fermentation in the small intestine, which is a really key, I suppose, a mechanism of action that's happening in every single patient with SIBO. So this reduction in fermentation um, can lead to decreased gas production and potentially alleviate the discomfort commonly associated with SIBO. However, <laughs> it's really important to note that the carnivore diet is highly restrictive and lacks essential nutrients found in plant-based foods. And we can only find some certain things from plants, right? Kind of like we find a higher volume of, for example, protein in an animal-based um, product. We find higher amounts of fiber and other beneficial nutrients and things like that from plant foods. Um, making it essential for individuals to seek really professional guidance before considering this approach. That's something that I really want to make clear, you know, even listening to today, um, whatever kind of way you might be pulled or direction from what our discussion is, it's not intended to, you know, to diagnose. And I think speaking with your healthcare professional who knows you and your case is really, really important. Um, but we do have uh, massive concerns around this diet in particular around its effects on the microbiome. For example, when only eating animal-based foods, this will increase inflammation processes in the large intestinal ecosystem. And it could lead to things like a high um, level of uh, what's called a hydrogen sulfide gas production um, in, in, the gut, in the gut, um, and even certain uh, species of bacteria that hi are highly anti, sorry, not anti-inflammatory, they are inflammatory um, in nature. And both of these are undesirable. We don't want that happening in, in our gut because that's making it more unhealthy. So in fact, what's really interesting is that we can actually see that when we eat more animal-based and less plant-based, there can actually be a complete shift in the microbiome in the colon to a less health-promoting one, especially if used uh, long-term. So it's definitely something we should be considering um, and uh, you know, working out if it's the right thing to do, especially if we have SIBO and you may have heard that it can be really good because you may be someone who's gone on it. You've got you've been diagnosed with SIBO. You've gone onto this diet and you feel better, right? And that like that's something to celebrate because I know 
we've worked with so many patients with SIBO that how crap you feel and any type of relief is something that you can hold on to. And just like my conversations that we've had time and time again about the effects of the low FODMAP diet or a low fiber diet, it has implications on the microbiome, you know, and this is a completely different environment to the small bowel, um, but we have to be taking into consideration both environments. Mm. And Carly mentioned that a carnivore diet may increase hydrogen sulfide production. And that's something we've seen clinically. Well, we haven't seen any straight carnivores come through our clinic yet, but we've seen people who've done a low carb diet to manage their symptoms for a long time. And they have SIBO, they have hydrogen and or methane-based SIBO. But when we look at their microbiome, they've also got high hydrogen sulfide producers in their uh, large intestine. So, you know, it's not just theory. We, we see it clinically. And this is with... Mm -hmm patients who eat a high protein, low carb diet, not even a no carb diet. So not even as extreme as, as the full um, carnivore way. Absolutely. Even just in people who would, I would classify just would uh, eating a normal diet, what, you know, like they're not strategically cutting out carbohydrates or they're not trying to eat high protein. They just go about their day. Um, and maybe naturally they've slightly over consuming protein, for example. Um, and we can see an elevation in the things that we've talked about earlier. Um, so I guess this just shines a light on well, what is the potential and we know what the potential is um, but for you guys um, listening you know if you're strategically only eating that group of food imagine what could happen absolutely and um, I'd like to touch a little more on why we don't recommend this diet in our clinic so research on the impact of the carnivore diet specifically on the gut microbiota is still relatively limited and most available studies have focused on other diets such as the high fiber diet or the standard omnivorous diet. Um, but as of our last search, there were no large scale long-term clinical trials specifically examining the effects of the carnivore diet on the gut microbiota in humans, let alone um, in humans with SIBO. Mm. However, there's some indirect evidence from studies on low-carbohydrate diets, which share certain similarities with a carnivore diet that can provide some insights. These studies suggest that um, low-carbohydrate low diets may lead to changes in the gut microbiota composition. One common observation in low-carbohydrate diets is an, a decrease in the abundance of carbohydrate-fermenting bacteria. Since the carnivore diet is relatively low in carbohydrates, it's plausible to assume that it might have a similar effect on the gut microbiota. Some studies have shown that certain beneficial bacteria that can thrive off plant-based fibers may decrease in response to low-carb diets, particularly um, altering the, the diversity of the ecosystem. And we know that a really diverse microbiome is generally a healthy microbiome where we've got a high species count and those species are spread out really well. There's not one dominating or a couple of dominating species. So given the, the limited research, it's crucial for individuals considering the carnivore diet to be cautious and seek advice from qualified healthcare professionals to ensure that they meet their nutritional needs while safeguarding their gut health. And as with any restrictive diet, individualized approaches and periodic health assessments are vital to assess the impact on the gut microbiota and overall health. And I think mm -hmm. that's important to consider when, you know, people might do a keto diet for weight loss 
And, you know, we know that it works for, for weight loss, but having those periodic check-ins, what's actually happening now um, with your microbiota after this um, amount of time? Um, you know, when we check in and when we do testing, we can pivot and we can find out what's going to work best for you with what your microbiota is doing and what your health goals are um, to, to make that a personalized and individualized approach. Mm. Yeah, there's such amazing things to point out about this diet. And I think, you know, before embarking on any type of diet, these are the questions we should be asking ourselves. And there's just something I really wanted to emphasize. The point is about around the uh, diets high in fiber. Um, so as you know, Ben, I'm really passionate about high fiber diets. Obviously, we don't want too much fiber because that can really constipate someone and not make them feel super comfy, but more so, you know, enough fiber, plant diversity. And that's why I created the SIBO food roadmap, which we use when we're treating SIBO in our clinic. But a high fiber diet is associated with numerous health benefits. Um, especially for the gut microbiome and overall gut health. So fiber is a type of carbohydrate found in plant foods um, that the human cannot fully digest. So some of them um, are not fully digestible, but it serves as a valuable source of nutrition for gut bacteria. So our gut actually needs this stuff. Like it is the food that we feed our gut. And without that, we starve them. And in order to have a healthy microbiome, we need some form of fiber. So a long-term carnivore diet that lacks this is always going to have, you know, some form of detrimental effect, especially to the microbiome. So I did want to spend just a little bit of a, you know, just a little bit of time here and, and really highlight to you guys the benefits of a high fiber diet, especially on, on the gut microbiome. Just so that, you know, if you are someone who's considering doing something like the carnivore diet um, as part of your IBS or SIBO treatment, um, you can hear from us about well, what are the benefits of the opposite of that. And these are kind of the things that you may be uh, missing if you choose to go down that path. So the first thing is like my, pr promoting um, microbiome diversity. So fiber that's providing a diverse range of substrates that support the growth of the different beneficial bacteria in the gut. And as Bernadette was describing before, um, you know, that diverse microbiota is associated with better gut health and improved overall health and well-being. And that's something that we should always be striving for. But more specific, I want to kind of get a little, little bit more um, zoned in now. And this is around uh, producing short-chain fatty acids. So gut bacteria ferment fiber to produce what's called a short-chain fatty acid in your gut. And these are things like butyrate, propanate, and acetate. So short-chain fatty acids play a really, really crucial role in maintaining gut health by providing energy to colon cells, reducing inflammation, and they also support the integrity of the gut lining. They're amazing. They're like, I don't know, like gold stars. When you've got good short-chain fatty acids in your gut, you get like five gold stars <laughs> from us. So um, something you really want to strive to be achieving um, for your gut health. It also enhances immune function. So a healthy gut microbiota influenced by fiber consumption can actually help regulate our immune system because our immune system exists within our gut. Um, and you've got beneficial bacteria that promote a balance within the immune system. It's protect, protective, sorry, against harmful pathogens. Um, and it also reduces the risk of uh, inflammation-related diseases. So, you know, these, we've got to like, look at our microbiome as like little soldiers, you know, in our gut doing things and they have really awesome effects on the immune system. The next thing is regulating bowel motions. So 
fiber adds bulk to the stool stat like that that is the primary thing that it is doing and it is promoting a regular bowel movement and preventing constipation so this is particularly important in maintaining digestive health and preventing things like diverticulitis and SIBO because if you don't have a proper functioning regular bowel motion every day that build up can contribute to health concerns and could make you develop SIBO and it could make you relapse after you heal from SIBO because of the motility and the clearance of the bowel. So if you're someone who does not poop every single day, it's likely you need more fiber and it probably can be extends more than just fiber and, you know, some personalized health care can be really helpful there. But, you know, you might be someone who suffers from constipation and considering the carnivore diet and this may make you think, mm, you know, what would actually happen in my bowel if I was to take out all fiber? Could that make me more constipated? And therefore, what would the implications of that be um, as well? The other thing is it actually lowers the risk of chronic diseases. So high fiber diet has been linked to reduce the risk of chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and even certain cancers. And the gut microbiota's role in influencing these benefits the, um, is becoming increasingly recognized. Like there are studies now on the microbiota for I would probably say nearly every single health condition, <laughs> you know, um, and if there isn't, it's being investigated because of the role that, you know, our amazing little critters hanging out with us every single day has on so many aspects of a whole body health. And Bernadette mentioned earlier about people being drawn to the carnivore diet weight management but a high fiber diet can also be really beneficial for weight management so fiber rich foods are generally low in calories and I don't count calories I don't advocate for counting calories but I'm just stating the facts you know this is generally um, what they are and they can increase feelings of fullness and aiding in weight management and supporting uh, healthy eating habits even just last week, we had a brand new patient on our Nourish Gut program. She did had just completed two weeks of stage one of the SIBO Food Roadmap, a diet that I mentioned earlier that we use with our patients. And she had increased, I think it was 23 foods, wasn't it? New mm -hmm. foods into her diet over this first two weeks of being on this process. And she lost three kilos. And decreased her pain and said to us I think I might cancel my physiotherapy appointment I'm actually considering that like incredible so some people think in order to get well or to have weight loss we need to cut foods out and we need to restrict our diet and we need to, to deprive our body but that is an example of how the absolute complete opposite can be true the other thing is it balances blood sugar levels. Soluble fiber can slow down the absorption of sugar. It helps stabilize blood sugar levels and it reduces the risk of insulin resistance. So, um, you know, we have a number of patients with diabetes working with us at the moment and they've also got chronic gut issues. Some of them also have SIBO. Um, and this is where working with the microbiome and diet can benefit both, right? Um, and it's really important if you do have diabetes or blood sugar levels that, you know, again, is restriction and these type of diets, the best thing that's for that as well. And the final thing that I really wanted to mention is 
supporting mental health, all right? And there's so much I could say about this from the effects of restrictive diet, the long-term use of these things that have on your, um, your emotional well-being, the, the risk of an, you know, even just bringing on an eating disorder, for example. But we know that the gut-brain axis connection exists between the gut and the brain, and the gut microbiota can influence mood and mental health. And therefore, a high-fiber diet can actually positively impact the gut-brain connection and contribute to improved mental well-being. So simply by increasing our fiber content, we know that you can have better outcomes when it comes to your mental health as well. And I just ask you to question, you know, if I said to you right now, you're never to eat a banana again, you know, if you want to go on the carnivore diet, you can't eat banana, you can't eat leafy greens, you can't sit down and have a salad. How do you instantly feel? Like, do you feel like, oh, well, that's a bit disappointing. Like to me, if I couldn't eat a beautiful salad, I'd be like, oh my goodness. So we have to then think about if that's your daily life for a really extended period of time, how is that impacting you? your mental health and your emotional well-being uh, while being on this because sometimes we choose these things to do things like reduction in weight or to treat our SIBO but there's so much more going on we are human beings and we are complex and we have you know so much energy going on you know everything is energy and um, our mental health is just as important as losing weight. Hello, this is a quick break from today's episode to step you into a world of gut health mastery with my Nourish Gut Fundamentals Practitioner course, a self-study program tailor-made for health professionals like you. Say goodbye to uncertainty as you gain the expertise to create a clear process for assessing your patient's digestive health, ensuring a precise and effective diagnosis and treating by going through testing results of both SIBO and microbiome. Dive deep into the intricate realm of all things gut disorders such as IBS, SIBO, IBD, candida, arming yourself with profound understanding that will truly transform your approach to client care. Become a pro at case-taking, deciphering through critical information and crafting personalized treatment strategies that resonate with each individual's need. And here's the icing on the cake. Unlock the secrets of reading a SIBO breath test in just five minutes, saving valuable time and providing timely relief to your clients. But that's not all. The course empowers you to unravel the mysteries of microbiome results, enabling you to address your client's most persistent health concerns with laser-focused precision. Join an exclusive community of fellow practitioners providing mutual support and guidance in a dedicated Facebook group and enjoy lifetime access to course materials, keeping you at the very forefront of the ever-evolving world of gut health. And guess what? As a special offer... Our valued podcast listeners, you can use the code FUNDAMENTALS100, all in capitals, at the checkout and enjoy an incredible $100 off the upfront payment. Don't miss the extraordinary opportunity to step into a brighter future as a certified Nourish Gut practitioner. Enroll now by visiting the link in the show notes of today's episode. All right, Ben, over to you. I think um, you've got some stuff that you would like to share from here, but hopefully that is, um, yeah, provides some insight into some of the wonderful benefits of fiber. 
Yeah, even from a mental health perspective, the social isolation that I imagine um, coming with the carnivore diet in terms of eating out with friends and going to events, um, I'm sure we have patients on very limited diet and that affects their mental health greatly. So I can imagine that would be a consideration as well. Um, and just to touch on another thing you were talking about, Carly, um, you're talking about constipation and how important fiber is. And it immediately brought to mind, I think it was actually my family member who does the carnivore, a carnivore style diet um, mentioned to me that, oh, when I first started this way of eating, I got really constipated. But now I know if I eat more fat, then I'll produce more bile mm -hmm. and it's a laxative. And from it, you know, from our point of view, when we, we look at the whole microbiome, we look at species and um, the type of species that love bile from a high fat diet tend to be inflammatory species and they tend to be um, like those hydrogen sulfide producers. Just coming back to that single example that we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier, you know, and hydrogen sulfide gas can, you know, it, it can be quite inflammatory inside the bowel. It can affect the lining um, of your, of your gut wall. So um, that is a strategy that some people in the carnivore diet use, but not a microbiome supporting strategy in terms of using fat and using bile for its laxative effects to help them go to the toilet. So, so many wonderful benefits of fiber <laughs> on the microbiome and a high fiber generally, um, a high fiber diet for some types of fiber might not be suitable for all types of um, patients who have SIBO and it may exacerbate their symptoms. We've seen a middle ground between these two worlds where um, we can nourish the microbiome, we can nourish the microbiota and treat the SIBO at the same time. And our philosophy lies in the SIBO food roadmap um, where um, if you're someone who feels like you've tried it all um, when it comes to your diet and SIBO, and if you haven't tried our diet therapy, then I highly recommend getting in touch with us because we do see these people who are like, I've tried the carnivore, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've restricted my foods down to 12 foods that I can eat and still these 12 foods are now exacerbating me. Um, and we take mm -hmm. a lot of pride in the fact that we have this like low reactive diet that is quite diverse and encourages um, healthy microbiome and, and all those benefits that come from fiber, um, you know, those short chain fatty acids, which are anti-inflammatory, which help your gut um, in so many different ways. And if you do um, want to know more about the SIBO Food Roadmap, just scroll back a couple of episodes because we have um, released a couple of episodes where I've kind of gone deep into that. Um, and we also do train, pra train practitioners um, in, in the use of that. And you can become a certified practitioner and actually use this for your patients as well. So um, definitely have a listen to those or just reach out to me. I'm more than happy to have a chat to you about it. Um, and the primary way that you would do the SIBO Food Roadmap is working with us in our clinic um, and the best way to do it is by joining the nourish gut program because you get an abundance of support um, because you know dietary changes and lifestyle things can be the hardest to stick um, and when you've got us there helping you every step of the way answering any question that pops up you know whenever you need it <laughs> there is a lot of one-on-one -on -one support um, so yeah in terms of getting the best outcomes I highly recommend checking out our nourish gut program all right. I think it's time to kind of wrap up the episode and, and we really want to empower you um, to make informed decisions about your gut health journey. So while the carnivore diet might um, kind of pique your interest, it's crucial to understand um, and approach it with careful consideration. 
And there are several uh, essential factors to ponder before embarking on any type of dietary change, especially one as restrictive as the carnivore diet for managing SIBO. Absolutely, Carly. First and foremost, it's essential to recognize that every individual's gut health is unique and what works for one person may not work for another. The carnivore diet may provide temporary symptom relief um, for some, just like the low FODMAP diet, um, but it may not be a sustainable solution for all. Mm. And so maybe it's about before trying the carnivore diet for SIBO that you actually consider your specific health goals and your current state of health. Um, so asking things like, am I looking for a short-term experience to gauge my symptom improvement or am I seeking a long-term dietary approach for actually managing my SIBO? Yes. And additionally, consulting with a qualified healthcare prof- um, practitioner or a gut health expert such as us, <laughs> because the diet is such is just one aspect of treating as SIBO and a combined approach of diet and other therapies is usually needed in our experience to treat this sometimes stubborn condition. So we can assess your individual health um, needs and provide that personalized advice and help you nav- navigate the complexities of SIBO and dietary choices. Just like Carly said, the great way to do that is in a Nourish Gut program because then you're like set up with us with weekly meetings and, um, you know, you can check in with questions along the way. And it's also really essential to be aware of the potential risks associated with the carnivore diet, like we've, you know, explained. Um, So just to kind of summarise, it's eliminating plant foods and you're going to miss out on potential essential Uh, nutrients and vitamins and minerals that actually play a crucial role in overall health. That's a crucial point, Carly. Nutritional adequacy is key. And there are other dietary approaches that can support gut health while providing a balanced intake of nutrients. And remember, the journey to better gut health is not just about what you eat. Uh, We also need to be looking here at lifestyle factors like stress management, physical activity, and also um, how these might be contributing to the state of our gut. Absolutely. A holistic approach to gut health, incorporating a balanced diet, stress reduction techniques, regular exercise, they can all lead to a more sustainable long-term benefits. So we really encourage you to approach your gut health journey with an open mind, seeking professional guidance and making choices that align with your specific health needs and goals. Um, So we highly recommend that you, you know, if you want to chat to someone about it, you can um, reach out to us and we'll be happy to answer any questions um, around the use of the carnivore diet. Um, And, uh, you know, if it's something that you're currently on and you're like, oh, maybe this isn't the best thing after listening today, definitely reach out to us we do offer a gut health call as well so you can just go onto our website uh book that in um and we can have a chat to you um and um yeah let you know what we think or the best way and the next best step to helping you so yeah until next time take care of your gut stay curious and be proactive in your journey towards better gut health and overall wellness Um, And like always, if you have enjoyed this um, episode, please share it with your friends and family who might find it helpful. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back with more exciting topics on gut health very soon. And don't forget to leave us your feedback, your questions, suggestions for future episodes. We absolutely love hearing from you. And we hang out on Instagram. um, And I know people love to kind of send a DM and and come have a chat. So always feel free to jump on there and, and say hi. 
We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.